You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. This morning, Lesaka Technologies reported their second quarter results. This basically brings up their first half of the new financial year, uh, and it looks as though it is continued positivity. And joining me on the line to take a look at this and other developments out of uh, the Lesaka camp is the South African CEO of the business, Lincoln Miley. Good evening, Lincoln. Thanks uh, for the time. Q1 numbers were good. They pointed towards the right direction following the board changes and all that we went through. Q2 numbers continue to suggest the same. Um, what do you make of the performance? We're very pleased with the performance. Uh, to me, uh, it's been three years of hard work and uh, Huge credit goes to our teams and how they've responded to the challenges we've set them. And, uh, you know, highly grateful to our customers for their support. And uh, we, we, we see our business continue to grow. Speaking of continuing to grow, Lincoln, uh, 56% improvement in net loss from Q2 2023 to Q2 2024. Are we expecting to be at profit by year end? I wouldn't want to put a time on it, uh, Jimmy, but you've just seen the trajectory. We, we're now sitting at the net loss uh, before tax of, uh, you know, 50 million rands. And given where we come from, we've just kept on uh, plugging away at this. This is a 56% improvement from where we were. And we just want to keep on plugging away at this and making sure that our business continues to perform and we are going to be able to show the market that there's consistent performance in this business. Mm. Speaking of plugging away at things, uh, Lesaka is duly listed in uh, South Africa and in America, listed on on the NASDAQ as well as on the JSE in South Africa. This obviously brings about a different set of challenges when you look at things like the value of the RAND and that impact on the business, uh, the rand uh, or the dollar gaining about seven percent against uh, the rand in recent times, and that's definitely had an impact uh, on the business. How have those movements, which are obviously beyond your control, affected the decision making and the thinking behind wanting to get the losses down, wanting to restructure the business, but still also wanting to maintain the dual listing? Yeah, we have had a very clear understanding with our shareholders, both locally and uh, overseas that we will measure and run the business on local currency. So we measure everything and run it on on the RAND. Obviously, we do report on both the RAND and the the dollar. And we're doing that precisely for the reasons that we've outlined, where there's so much fluctuation in the currency. You don't want those fluctuations to heavily impact how the business is seen, how the business is evaluated. We still see a huge value in the NASDAQ listing, enabling us to be able to attract capital. And so we we think that that's something that is a positive for us and gives us some differentiation. But in terms of how we run the business day to day, we look at the business on a local currency basis. Mm. Lincoln, sticking with uh, things that give positivity, uh, we cannot ignore this number. It's 800 million rand uh, in cash available to the business, both in the U.S. uh, or U.S. denominated, I think is about four and a half million dollars. But South African uh, denominated uh, cash available is about 600 million rand. So combined that with what's available uh, in the form of the Botswana and Pula, uh, we are north of 800 million rand. That is one, a good place for any business to be. But two, uh, does that mean that we're going to be seeing uh, more touch side kind of acquisitions? Is it something that the business is saying we are comfortable sitting on the cash for unknown 
conditions or we've got a roadmap. We've outlined a couple of things. We may not be able to share those things at this stage, but we've got a plan on how we're going to use it. Yeah, uh, Timmy, we've got two big engines uh, for our growth. Uh, the first one is organic uh, you know, growth, and we want to be able to invest in the business and make sure that the business is able to grow uh, both in the consumer business and in our merchant business. The second engine, obviously, is inorganic growth. We are looking at opportunities uh, should they come so that we're able to um, respond to those opportunities. But we're very clear that we're not just going to chase for the next shiny thing. For us, whatever acquisition we're going to make has to meet two big, uh, you know, important criteria. Uh, the one is it's going to add scale uh, to our business. And secondly, it's going to be able to give us more from a value proposition or solution set to our customers. So we look at every acquisition within that lens. And when we also have opportunities, we are able to pay down our debt. Um, you would have seen that our net debt to group EBITDA, um, uh, that ratio has now come down to 2.7 times. Uh, where we were a year ago was 3.6 uh, times uh, to EBITDA. So again, it's just managing all of those things. And when the opportunities come, you, you will hear us make some announcements. But for now, we are growing the business and kind of looking at what opportunities arise in in our environment. Speaking of opportunities that are arising, you guys have definitely not missed the uh, opportunity to capitalize on that tavern industry. I mean, obviously, the um, Kazang acquisition was before the Touchside acquisition. uh, And clearly, there's a play there to say, we know what we're good at from a fintech point of view. And we also now have identified where we can put that in front of our customers. Uh, Can you tell us more about uh, how much more Touchside will uh, bring to the business that already exists? and what the strategy is around uh, particularly targeting this sort of industry. Yeah, Timmy, probably close to maybe 18 months ago, we bought uh, we bought the Connect Group, which had Kazang as, as one of the key businesses there. And the business of Kazang is very strong in the informal uh, sector and gives us a scale of more than 80,000 merchants in the Spaza environment. And so now the touch sides, um, you know, acquisition is bringing these two complementary businesses together. So Kazang is able now to have an extra 10,000, you know, merchants that come from touch sites because there are 10,000 uh, post uh, terminals in um, in licensed uh, taverns. It gives us a nice entry into a very important vertical for us where we've not been as, as dominant. Now we've got that. But more than that, it gives us a huge data and analytics capability uh, because TouchSides plays in the platform as a service and uh, it gives us also uh, great analytics that we can use. Just think about it this way. Somebody who's a target owner of any one of those 10,000, we now through that POS device can give them real-time data on their sales all the time. Two, we can give them a sense of their inventory or they can manage their stock. But even more than that, we can give them capability to be able to make commercial decisions about pricing, about uh, promotions, and things of that sort. So that is a huge, huge, huge benefit for us. We also have the Kazang uh, merchants beyond the 10,000 that uh, size brings. We can now 
bring the capabilities of tax sites in terms of data analytics to the broader 80,000 or so uh, merchants. And we can sell uh, the Kazang uh, capabilities into that 10,000. So there's huge complementarity there. This is shaping up to be quite the exciting story. Uh, we'll have to leave it at that, though. That was a Lincoln Mali, who is the South African CEO of Lesaka Technologies, giving us an update on their Q2 numbers, as well as uh, the latest round of acquisitions that, imp- that aim to strengthen and improve the business's prospects. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.